Down and down again. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Monday show. So, first of all, like, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. Oh, for those of you guys asking, before we get into it. I did do well in the contest. I did not win the competition. Made it to the finals and uh, lost lost gas there. Lost steam, I said. I guess. Um, thank you to all the people who supported it, and it was crazy. I uh, this is gonna sound really bizarre, but for someone who legit has people buying his comic books, so like a lot of times, and I just never thought people would spend money. To have me win a competition, so that's bizarre to say, but it's just um, I'm grateful. And uh, there was a lot of people in that competition, and to make it to the final round was heartbreaking, encouraging, and and, and it just keeps me hungry. And and I and I thank you guys for that. I salute you guys for that. So thank you very much. So let's get into the show. So after having the week I had. So I, I've been on fire. You graduate school. Um, I was recording podcasts. I was uploading podcasts. As I just said on episode 252. I think I said, two, I think I said it was 251 in the show, but it was actually 252. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, you know, just busy keeping going. Finally got a formula that you guys really like and I like it and it feels great. I said, we got to pivot. We have like one of the biggest matches in AEW history happening. And then all of a sudden, we see what we see. I'm like, wow, this is still one of the biggest moments in um, in impact and the impact and dynamite history. And I'm like, holy crap! They pull this, and I legitimately have to now process this because I was gonna do a show, which I did. I went like almost 30 minutes in episode 252. Check the archives. And so I'm sitting there just like, oh, this is. Well, all right. So I go in, I do what I recorded, boom. So then I'm like preparing for this show. And I'm like, and, and I'm early. This is Friday night. I'm like, yeah, I'm back to being early and recording it. I'm going to just record it, upload it whenever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, there's more news coming from AEW? AEW has legit been like stressing since Triple H took over. And I feel like the pendulum has swung as far as momentum goes with both companies. I feel like a lot of bad blood that's been happening behind the scenes is finally picking up. Um, and I think because one is competition and it's going to. And two, I think there's a lot of people breaking rules. And I think as AEW expands, these things happen. Like, I've been a part of a number of unfortunate takeovers where you're, you're working that company and they get bought out. And yeah, you might think it's good for expansion. It's usually, every time I've experienced it, it's been a shit show. Because the new company that buys the old company believes they know best. And so now they're making all these new rules, setting all these things up. And so you're like, all right, cool, I, I got to go with this, my job. 
And then all of a sudden, it's like nothing's really getting done. Things, matter of fact, you're regressing. And then you have people who are just like now, like, well, I need to get paid more for doing this. Now I need to pay more. Because now this new company thinks we're going to pay you guys the same rate and you guys are going to do more. And that's when most people say, oh, I'm out the fucking door. You know, and it's one of those things where I feel like AEW was needed at the time. It's still, it's still needed. And I think the people that were there were like, okay, cool. But I also think what happens is, I think Cody was, a, this is something I don't see many people talking about or... I'm not on Twitter so very often, so like legitimately, I could just be missing this. I think Cody leaving. I think that I think that hit. I think that's hit a a spot in that company. Like they, they had the talent meeting, which we talked about a little bit, but more details like came out where like Tony Khan was more of the rah rah guy. Jericho spoke, but a number of people spoke, and they said Kenny Omega was like rumor. Kenny Omega was like the biggest one. Like you guys need to get the. Like, step up grow up right and like he was the biggest one that was like hey you guys need whatever you guys need to get it together and so to me i'm thinking like cody cody gets along like there's still people who text cody cody was very well liked in that locker room and honestly i think for as much as the, it was funny to have cody be the air quotes no air quotes can't even doing air quotes locker room um uh, what bully or whatever, or the or the guy that I, I, I forgot the meme. I forgot the word that the, the meme is, but he essentially was the guard gatekeeper, and that's the word I was looking for. I think he was the guy who was like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's do business." And I'm not saying the Bucks and Omega don't, because they do, you know. But I think Cody was more liked than we realize, and I think that leadership is missing. And I think Omega's big on the video game side, and I believe the women's side, like how Dustin Rhodes is as well. Um, I think the Bucks have said, hey, you can come talk to us. Here's the thing. You can't replace someone who... I, I've always disagreed with the term of everyone's replaceable. I've always considered that bullshit. You, have, you become replaceable when you just leave or you pass away or whatever the circumstances is. So you become replaceable because that place needs to be filled. That spot needs to be filled. Not everyone's replaceable. Say what you want to about Mr. Man, he's irreplaceable. There's no one has his mind. Now, has his mind gone to shit the last several years? Absolutely. But no one would have done what he did. No one would have seen the tide and done what he did. No one would have had the advisors he did. His only fault was keeping the same advisors around for many, many fucking years. But even what you... I was just listening to the Swerve Strickland um, podcast, uh, interview podcast from Jericho. Talk is Jericho. I didn't even know he was on there until like maybe like a week ago. And then I... Or maybe, maybe it was longer than that, actually. And I remember I thought I saved it, and I did. And I said, oh, he's on. I, I got to find that interview, blah, blah, blah. And he gave insight. He said, like, if, when he was when he first got to NXT, like, he was never one of Triple H's guys. You know, like, he, like Ciampa and Gargano were. He said, like, he would go to him and say, I need to be one of your guys. And he said, Triple H, so, yeah, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You're cool. And Triple H liked him, obviously. He signed him and put the North American Championship on him and put him in hit row. But, like, his point was I, had, I, pr- I was proving to him on a weekly basis, what I can do. And then she said Shawn Michaels was the one that just took to him. And that's how he ended up getting more and more into uh, into the good, uh, good, good graces, essentially. But the point I'm making about this is we all need that person we can go to. And I think Cody having the Nightmare Factory, and I think people could go to Nightmare Factory just to visit and pull Cody aside for 20 minutes and talk to him. And I think that's missing. They could still probably do that. But at this point, 
How often is he going to be there? Now he's going to be there all the time because he's fucking off the road. But once he comes back in January to win the Royal Rumble, he's back on the road. He's full time. You know, and I think sometimes you we forget that leadership. And Punk, for as much of a leader as he wants to be, he, he I'm sure he's still a moody guy. I'm sure I'm sure he's still like whenever you're a moody, a moody person. I and this is just me. I don't think you can go from a moody person to not being a moody. I think you're just a moody person. I think Punk is just a moody person. You know, you that to watch. I think Moxley is the, the difference with him and Moxley is Moxley's just quiet. Moxley just doesn't talk. But if you talk to him. I guarantee it's what you do. I remember, funny thing is, I met him at Colorado Springs Comic Con a couple of years ago, John Moxley. And I, and I ended up meeting him twice. It was by accident. It was unintentional. Here's what happened. So I bought my ticket uh, to get an autograph and a picture with him three months ahead of time. So I'm ready to go, blah, blah, blah. Now, I don't know how many of you guys still use Yahoo Mail, but it's, it's shit unless you're like on a laptop. And even then, like if it's on your phone and on the laptop, they don't necessarily sync up sometimes. So anyways, I get to the Comic-Con, about to take a picture with them. I'm looking, I'm looking. Him and Britt Baker have no lines. So I literally just walk up to Britt Baker, and I have her autograph for action figure. Because as a matter of fact, I had just met Britt Baker the month before when I was working at Comic Palooza in Houston. Her action figure hadn't come out yet, but then it got mailed to me before the Springs Comic-Con. So I just immediately walk up to her. Now Moxie's line is getting to get three or four people. It's never ridiculously crazy. It's fucking comics. At Cairo Springs Comic Con doesn't get too crazy. It's it's steady, not busy. I, I call it like a Thursday night as a rest at a restaurant. Not usually busy, but steady. Anyways, so I go up there. I can't find this thing, so I have to pay for another one. So I pay for another one, whatever, because it just dis- it just disappeared. And at first time he was like just talking to me, whatever, blah, blah blah. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. And he was just talking my fucking ear off. And like you probably can't tell in the picture because it's a dead ass serious picture. I'm never I'm not gonna post it. But it's a dead serious picture. But he's like talking my ear off. For like two or three minutes, I'm like, what the fuck is, what is this? I thought you were a quiet motherfucker. And then I, then, then next thing you know, I get home and I'm like, well, I, I paid for that shit, you know? So I don't want it just to go away. So, you know, I don't need, do I need multiple autographs? No, because he already signed the fucking action figure I want. I said, but I, I paid for it and you don't get refunds on that shit. So I went the next day. I ended up, it just popped back up on my screen. Somehow I just did. So anyways, I saved it. Go back. He recognizes me. He's like, you weird? I said, yeah. And I told him exactly what happened. He was like. Dude, that why'd you do? I said, well, I'd already paid for it, but I'm sure they're gonna. I'm sure your helpers will be like, yeah, sure, dude, you paid for it, right? And like he was just a chatty caddy. And then I was like talking to someone at the Springs Comic Con before I left. He was like, oh, because he saw the John Moxley picture I had in my hand. He saw it was like in a little, it was an eight by ten and like a little protector or whatever. He was like, oh man, I wish Moxley was. He didn't disappoint me. I knew he was kind of quiet, but I mean, he didn't say anything. He said, thank you. I was like, what? That motherfucker talked my ear off. He was like, really? Yes. I said, I remember a Cody interview where he said that. He said, some days Moxley just comes to work, doesn't say shit, and then one day he just comes up with all his ideas. I think that's just how he is. I think he's, I don't think he's moody. I think he's just constantly in his zone. You know, even when I saw him at WrestleCon, like he was just like walk through the crowd. Everyone was like, Moxley, fucking rules. He didn't like put his hand up and say, acknowledge. He just was like walking through. That's just who he is, right? And so I, I feel like Punk is kind of hard to be a locker room leader because he is so moody, one. But also, he has a long history. And that's the thing you got to remember. And if you guys don't understand, you guys, are, and I know, I know I know a lot of people here that listen here, and which I obviously appreciate, are WWE fans. Dude, me being a fan of pro wrestling and me having watched and kept up with a number of promotions over the years, 
ROH being one of them. He has history going back to fucking ROH. And that's where that's why him and A. Kingston's promos were so fucking good. Because he admitted to it. He said, yeah, I was an asshole. You know? And it's one of those things where I don't think Brian Danielson ever wants to be a leader. I think he said on multiple occasions, I have no ambition. But I think he shows that. But I think he's also kind of disconnected because he is he is full-time. But... You know, he, he has his family. So he's like, I'm, I'm going to spend time with them. And so I think it's kind of, it might be kind of hard to get him when he's not on the road or whatever. But with Cody, you could tell he loves and breathes wrestling. So even if he's doing something like the big, big go home show, whatever the fuck it was called, he's down for it, right? So I think they're missing that leadership. And like I said, I haven't personally heard anyone talk about this. and But I think that is something we cannot dismiss. Because I think a lot of these backstage problems start happening more and more once Cody left. And Cody left for being real unceremoniously. And I remember listening to an interview with Omega when he was saying, and Omega's tune has changed on Cody Rhodes. So I'm assuming things have gotten better with those two. Because I remember, he's like, we didn't want to work with WWE. Cody, it was all Cody, right? Sound like he was talking about a third-party vendor. Well, they don't work for us. We didn't deliver that shit. You need to call them directly, right? It, it, honestly, then when the AEW video was brought up, they said, is Cody in it? He said, yeah, Cody Rhodes is in it. And I was like, why are you surprised? I want to make sure his legacy is preserved. This place doesn't happen without him. So, I, 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 now, they could not be on good terms. But you can still respect what he helped bring to the table. Like, without Cody making the exit he made in frustration the first time with WWE. And then saying, hey, here's all the people I want to face. AEW does not exist. Punk does not go to AEW. Brian Danielson probably signs on is probably more of a part of the creative team right now than wrestling. Um, it took all four of them. Obviously, Tony Khan had the money. Yeah, we get all that. But it took all four of them to make it happen. But I think the reason why we're hearing these things is because of that missing piece that someone someone needs to become that piece. Uh, who that will be, I don't fucking know. Omega's back on the road now. Maybe that will help. But in my opinion... I think that's a thing we cannot dismiss lightly. If, even, if people even acknowledge it and bring it up. So, with that being said, we just found out fucking Eddie Kingston was suspended for two weeks because he put hands on Sammy Guevara. This dude is legit when he says his fucking promos on site. <laughs> this motherfucker here. So, apparently what happened was there's parameters within... Sammy Guevara's promos and what people cannot say. Like how people cannot bring up his ex-fiance. Those are things he's asked for people not to say. But apparently Sammy Guevara has been getting heat the last several months and it's because he's hard to work with. <clears throat> Makes kind of sense if you look when you... Apparently it started happening once he was facing Scorpio Sky. So Eddie Kingston specifically asked to work Sammy Guevara at All Out where Eddie Kingston was scheduled to win. Well apparently... Sammy Guevara cut a promo that was never seen. It was taken off. Uh, it was it was it was never aired, right? And he called Eddie Kingston a fat piece of shit. And Kingston said, "Dude, like when you lose, you're gonna lose to a fast piece of shit. Like that makes no fucking sense, right?" So when Guevara gets back to backstage, Eddie smushes him in the face. For those of you guys who don't know smushing, that's when you take your hand and you just take it on their face and you push them their face back. So it's not a slap, it's not a punch. It's more of a disrespectful thing. Because it's more of, I don't have enough respect for you to swing on you, because I'm going to do this, and you won't do anything back. So, essentially, Eddie Kingston and him have be pulled apart, and 
Um, Eddie's yelling. He's being asked to calm down. So he gets suspended for two weeks. Now, credit to Eddie Kingston. God bless that guy. God bless him. Once it got out, he has been on Twitter. I'm not talking about this anymore. I was the bad guy. It was my fault. He's the victim. All you see underneath the comments is, we already had Sammy, dude. Like, the peace, what 50 Cent saying is, no peace talks, no white flags, no mercy out, get in your ass. Like, legitimately, that's all you see in the comment section. And, because Sammy Guevara has become hated since him and Tay Mello got together. They just have, they come off as very annoying, which I thought was the idea, but I don't think it was the idea. Because remember, they had to turn him heel, because he was still a face when they started getting booed. So they became like the new Cody and Brandy. And so this was a big thing. And now, I, and I didn't, you know what the funny thing is? Once I saw the report of Aikings suspended for two weeks, my first thought was, yeah, they kept announcing all the all out matches. And that match was nowhere beside, um, nowhere to be found, even though it was already a signed match. So now they may be, now these two guys may be taking off the biggest car of the year. And I don't know if it's the biggest payday of you. I don't know how that works with, with AEW. But they're taking off the biggest car of the year because of this. Which is bizarre to me. I mean, I don't think they can work together now. So now what do you do with these two motherfuckers? I assume Sammy Guevara will show up in some form or fashion that jericho Brian Danielson match. Eddie Kingston, I have fucking no idea. It's just the weirdest fucking thing. So I'm like, yo, like... Now my first thought was, everyone's like, it's Charles and Aiden. Dude, these same things happen in fucking WWE. We know it happens. Let's just not go there. But my first thought was, man, they're really missing Cody Rhodes right now. They are missing the shit out of him. And I was like, that's interesting. So anyways, that's one thing. And I have to go off my notes here because these notes are now all over the fucking place because of this whole thing. Um, where the fuck are you notes? Um, that's why that's where you're my paper going right now. I'm just trying not to say the same shit over and over again. Okay, let's, let's get to the other thing too. So... Thunder Rosa, she's out with a herniated disc, a bad disc on her back, so it's a legit injury. I know a lot of people thought that with other rumors happening. Now, apparently, there's a rumor where at that match with Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa, when Thunder Rosa accidentally broke her nose, apparently Thunder Rosa hid in the bathroom because she thought Jamie Hayter was going to, like, attack her or whatever. You can't make this shit up. These are the craziest stories. But, like, apparently, it's, leg- it's a legit injury, and supposedly at All Out, Tony Storm was scheduled to win the AEW Women's Championship from Thunder Rose, which I think we all kind of saw coming. Now, now it's a four-way match. You have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Hikaru Shida, former champions in their own rights, versus Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Now that finish may be up in the air. Now they may put that belt. It's not going on the, the two former champs, but they may, they might just put that belt back on Jamie, oh, excuse me, on Jamie Hayter and cause the, the official rift of Britt Baker and Jamie Hayer. So that will be interesting in itself. But what I'm seeing is just like, man, it's just lacking leadership, dude. This is These are leadership things that can be... Now, it's, it's well-documented. We all know Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker hate each other. But they, they do it... But they're so they're going to be so connected the rest of their careers that essentially, they're, unless you just somehow don't keep them at the fucking top, like, it's going to be hard to keep them away from each other. Now, I do think... Here's what you could do is pull a blueprint from the Vince McMahon book or a page from the Vince McMahon blueprint, um, and that's the Shawn Michaels Undertaker booking. Look at how brilliantly those two were booked their entire careers in WWE. Take out the four years where Shawn was gone. 
even with that four years, they only touched six or seven times in their career. Ground Zero 97, September pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell, Royal Rumble 98. Boom. That was it. Before September of 97, they had never touched in a match on television. Can't speak about house shows. Four years go by. They still don't touch until WrestleMania 25 and WrestleMania 26. Think about that booking. It, it's so intelligent. You, There's top guys. You have to keep them... And we saw both guys in some fucking stupid... We saw Ernst in a fucking Pujambi prison match. We saw JBL have uh, money... Uh, Sean Michaels have money issues and he owed JBL. We saw some of them in some stupid... It wasn't like they were in the greatest storylines. But they kept them away because it made things more special. And that's what they're going to have to do here. Because these guys... These two women... There's going to be documentaries made on them in five years. About how much they fucking hate each other. So that's just... that's that, that's That's interesting there. Anyways, I feel like the rest of the notes I can go through more fluently, but just to get those out of the way. And the rest of the notes are mainly WWE, so if you guys have no interest, sorry. Um, but we talked about AEW in the in the archives. It said episode 252, so you have all you, there, you, need, you need there. Anyways, let's get to the top. Jeff Jarrett, who was just hired in May as VP of Live Events, has left the company, according to Brad Shepard. He's been replaced with the guy who was just begging Tony Khan for a job, and that's Road Dog in the same position. Don't know what this is about. I did think it was a very interesting thing when they hired him, and they let allowed him to do indie dates, like with him do with him doing Ric Flair's last match, with him doing other like different things. I thought that was fascinating. So I do I do wonder why he left that position, and if it was mutual or if it was hey I didn't really hire you, dude. I, I want you to, I want you to kind of get the fuck out of here. Um, so I'm interested to see what that was about, but, uh, good luck to both of them. The Good Brothers contracts with Impact seem to be coming up soon. No word on if they want to resign or not. Savio Vega, one of my favorite guys from the mid nineties. I love Savio Vega. Hospitalized and undergoing tests. You feel better there, brother. Bobby Fulton is feeling better and getting out of the hospital. And actually he's out of the hospital now. So congratulations to him. Ricky Knight Jr., if you guys didn't notice on Dynamite how uh, Will Ospreay all of a sudden just had the United States, the actual physical United States Championship from New Japan Wrestling, it's because he lost the Rev Pro Heavyweight Championship to Ricky Knight Jr., and it was a great match. It was a rough week for Ospreay. He lost in the finals of the G- G1 Climax to Okada. He lost his Rev Pro Championship. He did get the physical U.S. Championship, but that needs to be defended against Juice Robinson, so we'll see how long he has that belt. But he actually had... He's going to have a, a, a great two weeks. Think about the summer of Osprey. He makes his... Think about it. I know it's not his USA debut, but he made his network debut on TNT earlier this summer in his build-up to his match with Orange Cassidy at Forbidden at, on Dynamite for Forbidden Door. Then he has probably the match of the night at Forbidden Door against Orange Cassidy defending the United States Championship. Then he goes to the G1... All the way to the finals just to lose to the, the Okada, which is no shame in losing a fucking Okada. Then he comes back on AEW television, defeats Death Triangle. And now he's going to have a match against Kenny Omega and the Bucks with United Empire. Great summer for him. Speaking of great summers. Toxic Attraction were out of the tournament or pulled out of the tournament due to Gigi going getting a concussion. Please feel better. And um, they were replaced 
Well, they had a fatal four-way match on SmackDown. And just so you guys know, this week on SmackDown was taped live. But then they taped Raw because they're going to London. So they taped two shows in one. So essentially, Toxic Attraction was replaced. Or the people who won the fatal four was Natalia and Sonya Deville. They went on to Raw to then lose. Well, shit. I guess I gave the spoiler away. Oh, well. They then lost to... Uh, I'm, I'm going to call him Damage Control because that's the name that's been floated around as a name that they've been trademarking for the Dakota Kai, Bailey, and EO Sky team. So Damage Control then beat them to get to the finals. The finals of the women's tournament will be Raquel and Aaliyah versus Damage Control. I would have to assume that's a Damage Control win. Why would they? Well, you could have them get fucked by Asuka and Team Girl. I think it will be a better win for EO Sky and Dakota Kai. They'll get those women's tag team championships around their waist. Just my opinion, though. Anyways, let's get to Raw. Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor had a funny exchange where Finn Balor gets punched in the backstage at Gorilla and Dolph's like, are you coming for a match? You're going to sit there. It was like, a, it was a hilarious exchange. Either way, they had a great match. Finn Balor wins. Um, Bailey then challenged Aaliyah, who made, I guess, technically triple duty this week, right? Going Raw, SmackDown, back on Raw. Um, Bailey defeats Aaliyah in Bailey's first match back officially. Trish Stratus was teasing another future match. She looks fantastic. She's, I know she was like, um, wasn't she like a, what are those things? Charlotte was the same thing. Physical trainer before, um, she, so she's going to always be in phenomenal shape. But wasn't she a physical trainer before? But she's, but she, I think she can still go. That match with her and Charlotte, the only thing that they had was a bat, it was only one botch they had. And that was because of the height difference. Like, Charlotte is so much taller. I think Charlotte's, like, legit 5'11". And I think Trish has to be off, what, 5'2", 5'3". So, like, it was, like, a legit size difference. But they still had a great match. And we still need to see much between her and... Like, I could... Well, we know Sasha's coming back. I could see her and Sasha tearing it up as well. As well as barely. Anyways. Miz and Champa. The... Uh, were, well, they... <laughs> They lost to uh, Lashley and AJ Styles when Miz was kidnapped by Dexter Loomis, who had a week for himself. What this means, I don't. I, I, saw, I thought it was so funny. I saw someone asked me, "What does he want with Miz? What the fuck do you want with AJ Styles? It's fucking Dexter Loomis. He's a crazy dude. You're questioning insanity. That makes me wonder about you. Why are we doing this? But it's just whatever." Riddle and Rollins brawl all over the place. This match is going to be a hell of a match. It should be a fun match. KO was back in his old NXT attire with the KO, like the, the tape KO on the shirt. Uh, he lays out Otis and Chad Gable. Johnny Gargano got his surprise comeback. He came back. He laid out Theory. As you know, if you don't know, they had a connection in NXT when it was black and gold, when uh, it was the, the, the group The Way that included... Candice LeRae, Gargano, and Indy Hartwell and Austin Theory. So I'm assuming this will be his first feud. Uh, it should be a good one. They'll be <laughs> those two wrestling each other. Sign me up. And in the main event, Edge defeats Damian Priest. Edge is a Edge is a fucking Canadian destroyer. You're telling me people don't watch fucking AEW or Indies. Get the fuck out of here. Never seen Edge do a Canadian destroyer in my damn life. Are you kidding me? Dustin Rhodes and Ricky Morton have done more fucking Canadian destroyers and made it a part of their repertoire. Get the fuck out of here. 
Anyways, let's, uh, at the end of the match, they get uh, Edge gets beat down until Best Phoenix makes the save. This feud is far from over. NXT, Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate will meet at Worlds Collide to unify the UK NXT Championship and the NXT Championship, as well as Sadamora making her de- debut on NXT television. It will be a triple threat match to determine the one woman champion in NXT. Mandy Rose defends her championship against Satamora against what was what was her name? I, I remember her indie name. What was her what was her words? Where's that? What's that? I'm gonna look at this up. I didn't write this down. Oh yeah, against Blair. Um because I, I remember her other name. I, I don't remember this name. Um I thought it was kind of random to throw Blair in there, maybe to get the upset win. This is where Mandy Rose's and went uh, reign ends, first of all. Second of all, um, I would have to assume Blair's in there, so it's not such an easy winner to decide it. But I, I could definitely see them pulling the trigger on making her, just surprising everyone and having her win. Um, or she's in there to take the fall. You know, but uh, Sam Moore is going to leave it. In my opinion, Sam Moore is leaving there as a world champion. And just for you guys to know, if you guys want to watch Worlds Collide, it's on the same day as All Out. So it will be the matinee show. And it will end. So it starts from like two, I think, and it will end at five, right as the pre-show for All Out starts. Just for you guys who are, or ladies who are wrestling obsessed, um, that's what your Sunday night or Sunday will be next week. Index gets reunited after Indy Harwell loses a match. Uh, the fans went crazy for this. This, this was a great moment. You have people crying in the fucking front row. I was like, what, what, really? Are we treating this like Macho and Liz? But I thought about it, you know what? They made, those two made that shit work. They made it, it was, fan, it, they made it work. Oh, everyone made it work. The way they made it work, everyone made it work. So it's good to see these two back together. They kissed her. And also on top of that, Indy Hartwell's been so, ever since, because her, think about this. She loses Dexter Lumis to release. Then she gets into a tag team, and then her tag team partner gets released. So she's been floundering. And it's clear they like her. She has the hype. You know, she needs a little work, but she, she she's solid. You know, but then they end up walking out, Index does. And uh, he hands her a letter, and then Dexter Loomis gets arrested. And then in the letter it says, bye for now, I'll always love you. So this is obviously a continuation. And, I, and once again, they couldn't, like, sit there and, like, ignore this now that everything's canon. So I was glad they did this. This was, this was a fun part of the show. Escobar, he, uh, you have Legato outside walking there, dejected, and all you see is a car pull up, window comes down, he pulls off his sunshades and says, you think I was going to leave you guys? Come on. So every time these two, every time he's lost a match, he has not followed this in the instructions very well on these stipulations, just for the record. I feel like it's SummerSlam 97, stipulations and no consequences, except for one. Now when Brian Pillman like wore a dress on Raw, which was fucking bananas. We'll get to that another time. WWE talents can now use their own streaming platforms again. A lot of people are back on streaming their Twitches and stuff, so good for them. The WWE draft is rumored to no longer be t- taking place as they're thinking about putting it back after WrestleMania. The new design for the new women's championship for uh, New Japan has been released. I think it looks pretty badass. You know, they, they will be sharing that with stardom, obviously. But I think it looks pretty badass. 
Lacey Evans has not been medically cleared for all you Lacey Evans fans. WWE, mainly Triple H, has had internal conversations about bringing back Bronson Reed, which was one of his favorites. And I was surprised when they didn't, when Vince saw nothing of Bronson Reed, Jonah. That was crazy. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Bronson Reed back on television very soon. This story was fascinating to me. Noe Jose was scheduled to work for a promotion. And that promoter paid him a fee, paid for his flight, all this stuff. So Noe Jose goes out to Florida. Well, apparently AEW had a show in Florida. And so, according to the um, promoter, he Noe Jose never shows up. So he accused Noe Jose of taking the payday to go work for AEW. Now, we have not heard from Noe Jose at the time of this recording. I, I would assume, don't know the guy, could be a piece of shit. I'm just assuming, though, that maybe they were both working the same day. Maybe he was just trying to make, make a connection in AEW that same day. But interesting story there. Another interesting story is DDP rejected Ric Flair's offer to beat in his last match. You know what was interesting about this? And I found this to be very interesting because there were so many people that want nothing. To, they wanted to watch it to support Flair. But they want nothing to do with being in this. They didn't want any part of this history. And I was like, that's not surprising. Just not. WWE has backed away from plans to move the TV 14, which we can tell. And finally, the last note for this Monday show is Netflix is moving forward with the Vince McMahon project. If I'm not mistaken, the, that project is already like done and in post or the principle of photography is done. For those of you who don't know what that means, essentially all the filming is done. They've done the reshoots for it. They've done, they've done everything for what they've needed to do. And it's just in post-production, which means the music sometimes you guys hear in certain scenes and piecing it together and taking and putting stuff on the cutting room floor. That's what post-production is. So it feels like, I mean, first of all, if you're Netflix, you already have enough heat. And that's the question I asked on a, a recent episode, I don't remember which one it was. I think it was a Sandman episode where I was like, I don't understand where canceled Netflix came from. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't usually get too much into minutia of shit unless it's going to affect my money. <laughs> um, but like a lot of people have been canceling Netflix. I don't know why. I don't look here. I, I saw an article about Netflix as we're wrapping up here. And it, I did agree with one particular thing Netflix is not the streaming service that... I don't want to be on any streaming service doing this, but Netflix especially. There's something about Netflix where when you don't know what to watch and you're trying to just browse through, it's like, one, it's annoying that they do, they do those previews. And so you get you this loud, bang, bang, bang. It's like, can I read the description, motherfucker? You know? And Netflix is one of those things where you will spend... I have spent more time browsing than watching Netflix. And I barely watch my Netflix. I, legitimately, it comes out of my account, so I know I still have it. Um, the money does. But, like, I... Like, legitimately, I just I just pulled it up, like, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, whenever this was. And I saw Woodstock 99 documentary. So, oh, I like I love documentaries. And just so happened to watch it. Uh, and so it's one of those things where that's how I... I, I keep saying this because it's a great line. Wade Keller said, Netflix is always promoted as we're here when you need us. And that's true. So... Why they've already invested all this money into it. look? It's the same struggle WB's having with fucking Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is literally sitting here kidnapping people, 
pulling out guns, mind warping people. He sounds like fucking apocalypse from the DC universe. And they put so much money into this movie. And they don't tell that apparently it's testing well, which I could only imagine. Because cause they. Here's my thing. When you see some movies, and this is something from the Wednesday show, but fuck you guys, you're going to listen to the rant. Sometimes when you put so much into development hell and you've done so much to set this thing up, I, I that's one of the reasons I was looking so forward to watching this in that movie. I was like, there's no way they can fuck this up. They put so much into it. It didn't feel like a WB project. It felt some. It felt different. Where everything else in WB usually feels just thrown together. That's why Sandman was so good. Sandman wasn't just thrown together. Sandman was like, all right, dude. you could tell they left those writers the fuck alone. And like once they finally found a director for the movie, they left him alone. Apparently, this movie looks fantastic. So it's the same problem WB's having with that. Like you put so much money into these things, and and, and honestly, at this point, it sells itself. Like you don't think people like Vince McMahon just had a birthday dinner with some woman, and he get in the paparazzi was taking pictures. He had his hand in his face. He like fucking Oliver Queen from episode one of uh, Arrow. Um, why, dude? You're gonna, dude? You're gonna put it out because people are gonna eat the shit up. I guarantee you, it'll be number one on Netflix. I'm not saying it'll stay there because a, a biopic that WWE had hands in is bullshit. <laughs> about Vince McMahon, bullshit. Because you can't do a biopic without mentioning this last part of it. You, you get what I'm saying? Or whatever this fucking thing is going to be. But you you invest so much money, you only throw it away when you know it's not going to make money. And honestly, since Batgirl was already going to streaming anyway, they probably weren't going to see him. I don't know how many people. That, like, they don't, no one ever gives numbers for streaming services. All you hear is like extracurricular rumors from stuff that people, air quotes again, wanted to leak. Like we heard nothing but bad things about the Snyder Cut, but then you hear good things about the Snyder Cut. It's like, all right, this is the narrative. You, this is the narrative you want to tell the public for right now. I get it. Whatever the fuck. Um, but not surprised they're doing it either way. So, anyways, that is the show for this week. Um, just a quick. Uh, reminder, or no, I think it's the first time I'm telling you guys this. So just so you guys know, a programming note. Usually we do our matches of the month on Sundays of the first month or comic of the month. We've been, we've been, in, in, uh, we've been uh, delving into that this year as well. Well, this, because Clash of the Castle is happening on a Sunday, excuse me, a Saturday, and it's the first UK pay-per-view in literally 30 fucking years, I decided to put, which is, it's already recorded, uploaded, and everything. I put it on September 3rd, a Saturday, to match with the Clash of the Castle, so Maybe if, you don't, if you're like me, you don't like commentary, cut on Spotify or whatever you like a podcast and legitimately fucking put it on mute and listen to that podcast and enjoy. This will be a one time. Like I said, it's, it's right now. It's a one time thing just to fit everything we're doing. But just want to give you guys that programming note. Check me out on Wednesday for the comic show or the what's a better way to put because that's just a comic show and we talk about a bunch of other bullshit too but let's just say the entertainment show the entertainment tonight show um disclaimer copyright and i get all that anyways you guys enjoy the rest of your week you guys enjoy going into your uh september as we're leaving august this year is blown by as things have begun to open up so i'm this little chemical 
I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday, and I am out.